Welcome to the Love Your Food, Love Yourself podcast. I am Tammy, your tenacious and fun-loving host. I have been a dietitian for 20 years where I have helped countless women transform their relationship with food and their body. I believe to my core that as you start peeling back the layers to love your food and love yourself, you end up loving your life like never before. And now is the time, my friend. It is time to break up with diet culture, shift your current stories, rev up your internal barometer, and recognize that every body, regardless of size, not only deserves dignity and respect, but can be healthy because our habits and how we love on ourselves and think about ourselves is truly what matters. In this podcast, we have really conversations about struggles, insecurities, and false beliefs with loving ourselves and each other through a lens of curiosity, anti-judgment, intuitive eating, spirituality, and a heaping dose of laughter, but maybe some tears and a whole lot of realness. Hey everyone, how are you today? Tammy coming at you today doing a solo cast. Super excited to chat about a topic that has been nagging at me. But before we get into that, just wanted to share a little bit, I guess, about my summer. I went to Austin, Texas to see my sister and two of my nephews ended up coming home with me. And then my sister and her other kiddos came and stayed with us for the weekend. And my mom came in town. So we've just been having a good time. <laughs> and um, another big just, you know, hey, I'm a human. Things happen to me is my washing machine broke right before having all this company. I'm talking like water drowning on the ground broke completely broke ed so anyhow it's all good you know we make it through those things and just really enjoyed the company and seeing all of the the kiddos my sister and her guy and just my mom and her guy just all the things so we had a a good time so i hope that you are off enjoying your summer i know most people i'm talking to right about now are having kids going back to school or maybe making their transition plans for the fall. Maybe it's with their work or some, something within their living situation. Um, so I know there's just kind of a lot of transitions happening right now. And yeah, so this is just kind of a gentle reminder to just <sighs> take that moment to breathe when you need to slow down. Everything will be okay you know, and yeah, just trust that things are always going to work out. So anyhow, the topic that I wanted to share with you all today is something that actually kind of came to me back when I was visiting Colorado and was speaking with a colleague, <clears throat> excuse me, a past colleague who I really appreciate her brilliance. She is really just she was such a right-hand person for me back in one of my previous jobs because we had different strengths and I love her strengths because they're not mine <laughs> and I loved utilizing her strengths. Um, and so anyway, she does a lot of like learning and education and uh, research. Research is like one of her big, her big things. I definitely do love me some research, but I don't always love interpreting it and looking at all of the things 
However, I've come to love it a little bit more now could be because of her, you know, but nevertheless, we were having a conversation and she kind of shared with me about how she had went to something at her kid's school that was talking about intuitive eating. And she said that from the way that it was presented was that it was very much just like, you know what, if your kiddo wants to eat cookies, just let them eat cookies. And she was a little bit like, can you tell me about this a little bit more? Because she said, I just don't understand this. You're just supposed to just let your kids eat whatever they want, you know. And here's the thing. Practicing intuitive eating with a child is a lot different than practicing intuitive eating as an adult. So I think what the aim of this presentation was that she attended was about how we don't want to set up kind of these rules, you know, as parents, right, around foods of like, you can't have cookies, right? Because then our kids are like, oh, we just want to eat cookies, right? You just told me I can't have it. So now that's all I want. And so when I do have it, I'm going to go overboard, right? And so I explained to her that intuitive eating when it comes to kids, it's all about setting up a frame. And there's a previous great episode where we talk about intuitive eating with kids. And I think I'm going to be doing another one specifically on that topic coming up in the future. So that's not actually what I want to talk about today. Um, But that is where some of this thought process started. And then what was interesting as I was being the curious observer and modeling the behavior of being a curious observer, I realized that there's a lot of language out there around intuitive eating that talks about how, wait, what? You're just supposed to eat what you want. And that almost as if intuitive eating is the eat what you want diet. (laughs) And I just thought, you know what? I just want to debunk that myth here because it's kind of driving me crazy. And I will say there are some people and maybe even programs out there that this is how they promote it. Okay. But that is not at all (laughs) the realities of intuitive eating. You know, intuitive eating has, has, you know, 10 principles, right? So Anyhow, this is really common, right, to think this. And I think I've been thinking about this for a bit going, how did we get here? Like, why is this a common theme? And what I've determined, and I'd really be open to a conversation here with people who are listening. So please let me know what you think here. But what I'm kind of observing, right, is that when we start rejecting the diet mentality, right? Meaning we are no longer subscribing to somebody else telling us what to do. That just translates to us that we can just eat what we want. And here's the thing. That's kind of true on, you know, some level, but then What I do also hear is that a lot of people start on this journey of quote unquote trying. One of the words I don't like to use, one of my um, 
you know, off-limit words here. But people start the intuitive eating process and they oftentimes end up feeling completely out of control. And then they might even lead into feelings of binging, like you're, you know, just binging all of the time. So here's the thing, you know, in order to let go of kind of that, that binging mentality, right, that comes with this new found, you know, food freedom, right, we have to kind of release the idea that this freedom will eventually be taken away from us. And another thought that I had around this, and I think where some people are a little uncomfortable with it is two things is one thing when I sometimes talk with people about intuitive eating and I, you know, talk with them about, you know, how there's no good food, there's no bad food and um, foods are kind of morally equal. You could eat, you know, any type of food. I oftentimes immediately get the reaction of, well, if you told me I could eat, you know, donuts, right? Anytime that I want, I would just eat them all day long, every single day. And I start having a conversation of like, really, you know, really, really, really would you, right? If you were to have a donut, breakfast, lunch, dinner, every single day, you know, would you, A, continue to be satisfied, you know, by the donuts? And then also, how would you feel, you know, after, after eating that? And if you're somebody who, you know, maybe ends up like not feeling very well (laughs) after eating that, you know, how is that intuitive, right? So this is kind of, you know, counterintuitive. However, we do have to have that stage of rehabituation to these foods. What oftentimes comes up when intuitive eating is introduced? And something else I thought about is that everybody's personality, right? We all have different personalities, right? But oftentimes you can take different kinds of personality tests and, you know, um, learn about yourself, you know, what type of personality you have. And one of these type of tests and profiles that I have seen out there by Gretchen Rubin kind of helps determine, like, how do you respond to expectations? And the thing is, is there's no right or wrong way to respond to expectations. And the way that she kind of draws it out is how do you respond to inner expectations and how do you respond to exterior expectations? And some people respond to both interior and exterior. Some people respond to only interior. Some people respond to only exterior, which is called the obliger. And the obliger is what I, from what I recall is the most common theme of how people respond. And so what the obliger does again is they respond to exterior expectations, but they don't respond to inner expectations. So they are kind of the rule followers of society. Now we need everybody, right? But oftentimes when we get into talking about the reject the diet mentality, what that's doing sometimes is challenging the obligers and all of the other people to become a rebel. And not everyone is a rebel, right? Not everybody wants to join that path, right? Of not listening and following their own, their own, you know, their own drum, right? 
And so some people are a little bit like, oh, I, I, I can't do that, right? So anyhow, I just wanted to kind of mention that I think it's some of these kind of mentalities that, that get us into the like, I'm just supposed to do what I want. And the thing is, again, is this is not about just doing what we want, right? Eating what we want. This is about finding holistic body attunement to find out what's best for our specific body. What's best for me and how I choose to nourish my body is not going to be the same for how the person, you know, next to me chooses to nourish their body or the next person or the next person or the next person. But the thing about it is, is it is about taking personal responsibility and making a personal choice for how you choose to nourish your body, right? It's not taking exterior factors and allowing those to drive your decisions. Now, with the caveat, right, that some people do need something called medical nutrition therapy, Meaning that maybe somebody has heart disease, somebody has diabetes, somebody has, you know, something going on within their body where they could utilize some very specific type of gentle nutrition. And so here's the thing is just to break down, you know, a really kind of common, easier one, right, is someone with heart disease. One of the top recommendations for heart disease is probably two things, which would be reducing salt intake and also ensuring that you have adequate amounts of fiber intake. Fiber helps clean our blood, helps rid of body of waste, does a lot of great things, right? So these are really basic things, but here's the thing. Somebody might have something within their GI system where eating a lot of fiber maybe doesn't always feel the best. And so we have to be really gentle with the body and we have to say, okay, what can I do? What feels best to me? How can I do this? Maybe it's having small amounts, working up very slowly to the recommended fiber amounts. And, and it's doing it because I respect my body. It's not because, you know, the uh, dietitian at the hospital said I have to do it. And so now I have to do it and I'm absolutely miserable doing it. No, we need to, you know, be the decision makers on our own, you know, food intake. We can receive education, but then we need to choose what it is we're doing with it. So um, just to go down like a little bit of a different path, I know I'm kind of all over the place, maybe a little bit with this topic, but the thing is, is it's, it's all over the place, right? Is this thinking of intuitive eating is just eating what we want. So I want to offer another scenario here. And this was actually a, a client question. And her question was, you know, she was like, so let me get this right. She's like, and she knows about all the, all the principles of intuitive eating, but she says, let me get this right. She said, so if I decide I want to eat six donuts and I decide to, and I choose to, is that intuitive eating? And I said, well, here's the thing. Number one, you're looking for an all or nothing type answer. You're looking for me to say, yes, it would be, or no, it wouldn't be. And most of the time <laughs> when I'm working with, 
you know, clients, I never am giving black and white answers. It's always, there's a lot of in between here and there's a lot of, it depends on things. Okay. And so in the scenario of six donuts, what my reply would be was, would be number one is, Hmm. Okay. Where is this coming from? And are you making that decision when maybe you have saved up and not eaten for several hours, right? Are, are there still some hidden kind of diet mentality rules, right, taking place within this choice? Also, are you hungry? And then if you haven't eaten the six donuts yet, how do you know how your fullness is going to respond? Because you could be eating them and then your fullness might tell you after one and a half that you're full, right? But if you had set up the plan to eat six, right, and then you're eating past your fullness. And then I would also dig deeper into the satisfaction, you know? Does that provide you full satisfaction, you know, within that meal? And that answer is only for the person who is asking, right? I can't answer that question. In some cases, it might be yes. In some cases, it might be no. But then we also want to dig even further into even body respect, right? And saying, you know, does this like respect my body? How does my body feel afterwards, right? Is my body going to feel energized and nourished, right? Or could it be that maybe my body would feel a lot better if I were to have that alongside maybe some eggs and some fibrous type foods as well. And I'm just using, you know, that as an example, each person has to figure out again, like how their body would feel best, right? Or maybe they're like, hey, I'm actually, I just want to have one and then I'm going to have my, you know, like a breakfast, you know, or a lunch an hour later, or whatever works. So this is not just about, I want to eat donuts so I can just eat donuts all the time. Now there is a level, right, of rehabituation. I said I would come back to that. And we do want to rehabituate to those foods, right? And it's not necessarily about like, let me just, you know, eat this so that they like lose their, you know, desires. But what it does is it, it can help with the novelty of that like exciting, you know, stimulus of that food can start to wear off and the food can just become quite ordinary. Okay. And at first, you know, someone may go absolutely crazy for certain foods, like certain previous off limit or forbidden foods. Okay. Whatever that is, like for some people, it's the donuts. Some, some people, it's ice cream. Some people, it's potato chips. Sometimes it's even fruit. I've worked with, you know, people that so it really just depends on what someone has previously, you know, considered off limits, right? But you need to show your body that food is not going to go away. So it's rehabituating towards, you know, trust. And this repeated exposure will help kind of lose the appeal eventually, right? And so you might fulfill, quote unquote, a craving, right? And that's another thing, another buzz thing, I think, that comes out in articles and media and, and things like that is that an intuitive eater is just listening to their cravings, 
you know, and it's like, no, 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 that's not necessarily the case. Um, cravings actually come from hormone imbalances and things like that. And then also cravings come from, you know, not having foods, right? So not, not allowing to, you know, have those foods. So you start, you might start getting cravings, quote unquote cravings, but it's really more just desires, right? For foods that have been off limits. And this is a complete normal part of the process. This is the honeymoon period. Okay. But, you know, eventually after having that type of food frequently, right, it will essentially become more of a neutral food. But here's the thing, <clears throat> excuse me, as humans, right, <laughs> we want immediate change. We want it to be like, hey, I ate those six donuts. Now I no longer like, you know, I no longer care about donuts, right? We want like this immediate brain change. But this is, you know, not how it goes, right? We're not going to lose interest in like the status of foods, right? And get this neutrality right away, okay? And everyone has a different path on how they get there to the habituation, like how quick it, you get to the habituation or how slow you get to the habituation. And sometimes <clears throat> some people need to do just one food at a time, right? They, they don't have the bandwidth to handle adding in all of the foods at one time. And this is where working with a practitioner can be extremely helpful to help you develop a plan that's really safe for your nervous system, right? A practitioner can help identify some of the brain patterns that are happening specifically for you so that you can really, you know, work together to, you know, make this um, plan, you know, something that really, you know, works for you. And some people also think, I've also heard this, right, is that if you just continue to eat that food enough, that eventually, if you're an intuitive eater, the taste of that food will change and you'll no longer want it. But here's the thing. There are certain foods that, I mean, they're just going to taste good. They are hyper palatable foods. Some of our foods in our world are designed to taste really good. And some foods naturally taste really good. Okay. So they're going to continue, <clears throat> excuse me, tasting good. Okay. But what the aim here is, right, is it's reducing the status of these foods by making them feel less risky, just again, very neutral. Okay. And what we want to get to is that we can choose to have that food. There doesn't need to be guilt and shame associated with those foods, no matter what it is that we're eating, okay, whether, you know, it's um, beans and rice or steaks or salad or ice cream or potato chips or fries or whatever, you know, like there's no shame in those foods. But here's the thing. If we just try to go into our intuitive eating journey on the premise of eat whatever you want, without this entire mind-body connection piece, you are at risk of overeating, having fatigue, maybe slipping into some depression, and all the things that come with not listening to your body. So we have to listen to the whole body. We have to understand how our mind works, okay, alongside all of these principles of intuitive eating. And one thing that I think is just absolutely beautiful <clears throat> with intuitive eating, again, it's not just eating what you want, right? <laughs> is that when we start uncovering what it's like 
to be an intuitive eater, we start really uncovering layers of ourself. Okay, we start getting to know ourselves even more than we have ever known ourselves before. And literally everything in our life changes. I just wanted to blast this, you know, message out there that intuitive eating is not just eating what you want. Okay. There are, excuse me, 10 principles there that, you know, we are looking at and within those 10 principles, there is lots of layers to uncover. However, with that said, it might feel like when you first start that you're just eating what you want, right? Because we're no longer following the diet rules. And here's the thing. So often when we start, we want the diet rules. We want, well, what are the rules? These are not rules. These are gentle principles to kind of live by. They are things to weave into your life as you see fit. If you are attempting to put intuitive eating into your life and you're following the premise of intuitive eating is just eating what you want, please, please, please reach out to a practitioner to help you grab the book, grab the workbook, you know, join the free Facebook group, start learning more about intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is really, really that self-compassionate way of eating. It's also learning how to entrust the body and to really get that attunement within the body to just you yourself figure out what works for you. And I know that can feel like a lot of pressure. So, you know, that is why there is support out there. There is an intuitive eating directory Of course, I would love to work with you. And right now I am currently doing coaching through my sister company, Healthy by Design. So if you are interested in getting group coaching to really, 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 you know, expedite your journey with intuitive eating, please look below in the episode notes here and there will be a way to get in touch with us. And I can tell you that she has one of the best. Now she has the best program out there. She, this program is really nothing like any other program I have heard of. There's so much incorporated into this program that you are not going to want to miss it if you are not already a member of that tribe. So Anyways, with all that said, much love to you all. I'd love to hear about what your thoughts were on this episode, what questions might come up. If you want to submit a question to me, I would be happy to answer it live here on this recording and hope you have a great rest of the summer. All right. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode. If so, please be sure to click that little subscribe button. Also tell all of your family, friends, coworkers, whomever you want to tell, even get Gabby at the grocery store if you'd like. Um, Also be sure to join the free Facebook community for mindful and intuitive eating, where you will receive not one, but two journal prompts every single week 
to help you with your own personal transformation on this journey of healing. Much love to you and thanks for listening in.